Now, I can remember a time, uh, not, not so distant, when a burger, uh, it was a synonym for a meat patty in a bun with veggie bits, maybe even some fruit. Uh, now, uh, burgers are often as not entirely plant-based. Now, those two words, they're becoming almost ubiquitous in, in food and shopping culture. But here's a question. What does plant-based actually mean? Well, meatless, presumably, but, but what else? Uh, Alicia Kennedy has thought about this. Uh, she's a food writer from New York, based in Puerto Rico. Uh, she's written for the New York Times, the San Francisco Chronicle, Eater, many more. Alicia, welcome Thank you so much for having me. When did you first notice this strange grouping of words, plant-based? When, when did that first pop into your consciousness? Well, it came into my consciousness in particular when it started being used for products like the Impossible Foods Burger, the Beyond Meat Burger. I noticed that these products weren't deciding to brand themselves as explicitly vegan or even mm -hmm. vegetarian. They were they were really decidedly staying away from that phrasing and going for plant-based. Because that whole thing of, if, if, if I say this food is vegetarian, that implies, you know, a, a, a broader um, sort of cultural set of assumptions, <laughs> I guess, than simply saying it has no meat. Right. Yeah. Vegetarian uh, throughout centuries has been associated with a humorlessness, especially in the Western world. And so there's definitely a lot of baggage there. If someone were to decide to label something vegetarian or, you know, it's more considered extreme counterpart vegan, it, it comes with that identity marker rather than being considered a straight plain adjective. And so plant-based kind of came into play to become that adjective that doesn't have all of those connotations that, that go really deep a lot of the time into people's identities and, and, and in people not wanting to take on a label that mm. they might, you know, find at one point doesn't fit anymore. So plant-based, I mean, in, in terms of a, a marketing description on a product. I mean, it's trying to appeal to people who might not necessarily identify as being vegetarian. So it's trying to appeal to people who are yeah, interested in perhaps eating less meat. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is steering them towards that. Yeah, for sure. I think that it, it lets people be a bit more flexible about when they want to eat meat or when they don't want to eat meat and not feel that they're taking on a new identity in doing so. I also think, though, that it really isn't clear, especially when it's used as a marketing term, because it isn't regulated in the United States, at least, which that, that's what I can speak to. It has, it has no real definitive meaning. And so you can use it and put like a, maybe a little bit of bacon in something and, but the rest of it is plants. So you can call it plant-based or you can throw an egg in and call it plant-based. And so there is a lot of confusion emerging as plant-based becomes more and more ubiquitous in as this marketing term. So is there actually evidence where that is occurring, where plant-based is taken as being you know, a proportion of this is is meat free is that actually happening that is actually happening people are taking it to mean that most of what is on the plate or in the frozen meal or something like that is is made of plants but you know a tiny portion of it is animal based and so it's really getting away from 
what the phrase was originally intended to mean when T. Colin Campbell wrote the China study. And that came out and he used the phrase whole foods plant-based to mean, you know, a diet rich in whole grains and legumes and vegetables and fruits and, and not something, you know, that was meant to indicate that, you know, a, a product was simply derived mostly from plants. I mean, you make the point, and I think it, 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 it sort of illustrates this this dilemma quite clearly in, in your writing, that you could, for example, describe a bottle of Coca-Cola as being plant-based. That, right. <laughs> it's, it's mostly corn. So it's therefore a very flexible term. It's, it's flexible to the point of, of near meaninglessness right now. And so that's why I wanted to write about the, the, the complications that arise when plant-based can mean anything that a company wants it to. Well, go to that. I mean, how, how that, that, that idea complication, can you explain that for us? Well, I had I had only really encountered the phrase, like I said, when when these products were coming out, like Impossible Burgers, Beyond Burgers, and you know, I really resented their their creep into every restaurant because, as someone who doesn't eat meat, hasn't eaten meat for ten years, I don't really want to eat a burger that you know looks or tastes like beef. I want veggie burgers mm. that are made, you know, from scratch and grains and legumes and. And, you know, have different flavor profiles depending on who's making it. And so to me, I saw the phrase as being a way to kind of greenwash these products that, uh, you know, are in the case of Impossible Foods made with genetically modified soy, in the case of Beyond Meat made with pea protein, you know, really are things that are kind of just, you know, food sciency rather than actual ingredients. And so... I, I I thought the phrase really was, you know, just a marketing term. And then I did more research. I talked to, for example, Larissa Zimbaroff, who's a food writer and has researched, you know, food tech. And I talked to Michelle Simon, who began the Plant-Based Foods Association in 2016. And they were able to trace the phrase back further to the 90s, to the early 2000s. And, you know, how it was originally intended to be that kind of friendlier face on veganism, you know, to mm. make people find it a bit less intimidating um, to be vegan or a, li- a bit less strange. And so, you know, I have a bit more sympathy for the phrase because it does it did have an origin in, you know, really good intentions. The way it gets used now, though, is really far away from from that original intent and yeah, it can be used to sell anything. I think Kellogg's says, you know, 85% of their product line is plant-based because they make cereal. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's it, re- reassuring to know that that's true of cornflakes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's become one of those phrases. You know, I think gluten-free as well has become one of those phrases that people slap onto things that, you know, are, are by design gluten-free, you know, mm. vodka is something that we have in the US it ha- it's all of it says gluten free now because they want to make sure people know that but any distillate is going to not have gluten in it you know the process takes that out so it's 
it's interesting to watch these phrases that once meant something or intended to mean something, uh, you know, to signal to people whether it was because they had some sort of intolerance or they had dietary restrictions yeah. that, you know, the product was safe to eat. Now it's just, you know, kind of a free-for-all. The objections to the the consumption of meat are many, uh, but but among them are that, are that sense of, of corporatized um, farming with all the sort of ethical and and environmental issues that that raises but um, the, the production of proteins that can go into something which is plant-based can can you know raise many of those concerns themselves right impossible foods uses genetically modified soybeans for their burgers and genetically modified soy is, accounts for i believe 70 percent of of soybean production in the united states and uh, most of that goes to feed livestock. So the same soy that's going to feed uh, cows or that, you know, when they're technically supposed to be eating grass uh, is also going into those plant-based burgers. Mm. And so that's that's a really interesting aspect of this thing is, is you can use the same kind of substrate for creating animal protein in an industrial fashion as you can use to make industrial plant protein. Um, and so that's something that definitely needs to be discussed, especially because, you know, foodprint.org did a report that showed a lot of these companies selling plant-based meat are also making their business in industrial meat and, and, you know, animal agriculture. And so it's a very complicated field right now that, you know, even beyond the phrase plant-based obscuring some sort of, you know, the fact that these are products made from, you know, isolated ingredients and not whole foods. It's also obscuring the way these companies are, are also, you know, part of the very system and industry they purport to replace. But it all goes back to that tight bind between food and, and identity and, and the struggle to have people accept the possibility of eating vegetables just as a thing of itself without assuming necessarily that you have to start wearing uh, Balamese <laughs> fisherman's pants as a consequence. <laughs> right. It's very difficult to untie untie those things, that the way you eat is so, you know, entrenched in identity and nostalgia in um, mm. geography. And so... Of course, it makes sense that if people want to cut back on their meat consumption, that they also want to still have those flavors that they they grew up with. They don't want to just go straight to replacing every ground beef with ground tempeh if they're not accustomed to the flavor of tempeh. And so, you know, that is definitely a good reason to create products like these plant-based burgers. At the same time, I, I where I find... What I find troubling specifically about these products is that they they sell themselves on the basis, not that they're just replacing some nostalgia for people who want to eat less meat, but that mm. they are like the solution to climate change um, in terms of yeah. the food system. Yeah, that, that's a whole other ball of wax, isn't it? I mean, and that, that, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the implied promise. And that's, I guess, the right. the essence of the, of the deception here. Absolutely. I think, and that's why I think the phrase plant-based is, you know, it really, as, as we've said, it really demands regulation. It demands clear definition because these, these companies are using the phrase to sell themselves and to sell a vision that, you know, isn't necessarily uh, the most sustainable in, in the end. 
Alicia, thank you. Uh, fascinating and, and a timely timely reminder that all is not necessarily as it seems. Uh, <laughs> Alicia Kennedy, she's a food writer for New York, based in Puerto Rico. Now, she has a, a Substack newsletter that you can sign up to and, and chew over ideas such as these. Uh, check out aliciakennedy.news. Uh, we'll pop a link on the Blueprint page on the Radio National website. Alicia, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.